0: Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. My name is Kevin Kaufman and today my host is my friend Lori Finkelstein Reader. You may remember Lori from an episode probably just a couple months ago where it was actually her interviewing me. Well, this time I got to turn the tables on her. And we have to talk about all kinds of fun things in business. And one of the one of the main things here we talked about is kind of the power of knowing nothing and giving yourself permission to fail. Lori has been someone who has just been so graceful in Growing and sharing with others, and we talk about the fears that keep hold that kind of hold people back. We talk about how to gracefully navigate changes in the market and how to help newer agents get going from selling just a couple of homes in their first couple of you know month or two. So, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. If you don't know Lori, she's an absolute rock star. She hosts a podcast, uh, she's obviously the CEO of a real estate company. She's a Florida native um, and just uh, all around big, big, big producer. And you're going to enjoy getting to know my friend Lori. So without further ado, please enjoy today's episode.
1: All right, guys, we're back on the Kevin and Fred show. And this week I am joined by my friend Lori Reeder. Lori, how are you today?
2: I am amazing and excited to be here, Kevin.
1: Me too. You and I got to do this recently, but it was the other way around. You got to put me on the hot seat. So I'm excited to be able to, to flip the tables on you this time.
2: And I learned a lot. It was great, you know, having that opportunity with you. And honestly, I was taking a lot of good notes and I'm I'm going to use them.
1: I love that. You know, that's one of my favorite things about doing a podcast, is I have some super amazing guests on and I get to pick their brains. And of course, it, you know, in a social setting, sometimes I can be a little bit weird, even though that's my inclination. You know, I tend to want to pick people's brain and, and almost pepper them with questions, but it's totally socially acceptable if you're recording it, calling it a podcast. So I love doing that. Um, and I, I have a, I have a hunch I'm going to do that today as well with you, Let, let's oh. start there. If you don't mind, what, um, You and I, I mean, we really connected over because we were both trying to learn more, right? We're, we're both going to events and showing up at mastermind events and things like that, trying to, trying to grow ourselves and grow our business. Has it always been a part of what you do and, and what's your kind of, what's the secret to that? I think a lot of people kind of stay hidden away and don't really take up that side because they see it as social, not, not work.
2: Right. You know, and I'm, I always Call myself very socially awkward, if you will, Um, but I actually have learned that about a lot of people I'm meeting, you know, that are information gatherers and just wanting to know more so that we can bring that opportunity back to all the people who are, they're really counting on us to just keep that, keep the ceiling, you know, just higher and higher and higher. Um, I got really lucky from the sense of, I was really raised by two real estate brokers, And super early on, my parents told me, you know, you need to constantly be listening and speaking less, right? Always be learning, always be a student, put yourself in rooms where you're going to know nothing and you feel intimidated. So I, I I liken to say all the time that I've probably failed more than most because I had permission and i love giving people permission to say you know it's okay go to a mastermind get into a room feel weird feel awkward feel uncomfortable go up to the smartest person in that room and just start talking to them because what you typically find is they want to help so um you know i've always been an information gatherer i, I want to know more um in any mastermind, I can get into reading books, talking to great people like yourself. I love following your social media page. I love following so many people. Um, I'm definitely that person that knows, I don't know it all and that I want to know more and I'm I'm okay. Not being, I'm okay. Not knowing the answer and I'm okay. Not being the smartest person in the room.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I've, I got really okay with that early early on, too. and right. I think it served me. it's it served me well because I've been able to sort of challenge what i what I think I think uh, by by listening to other perspectives and other people's business um, models and the way they go about things. And I think that's so helpful. You said something a minute ago that just really struck a chord with me about being told from the beginning to to get around people that know more than you and yeah. get around people that are quote unquote, might be smarter than you or just further along. And, you know, I know, I mean, that's something I, I actually, I value that I want to be in rooms with people that I don't sometimes don't even have any business being in the room with them. Like I somehow eked my way in there or charmed my way into the room. Yeah. Um, But I'll, I'll tell you, there's one thing I've, I always want to try to have the conversation with my kids about it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not know everything. Um, because I think that's so, so powerful to enable people to get okay with being wrong and learning because learning, learning can be hard.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, um, which could maybe be really valuable to someone who hears this is that, um, when we are bringing on new, either whether they're employees and their staff or their real estate, New real estate agents, if they've been in the business a long time, we learned over the last five years, you've got to give permission to the people in your world to fail. You've got to say to that new employee or to that new agent, look, it's okay. You're going to fail. This is not going to be perfect. It's not a straight line. As a matter of fact, the faster you fumble, the quicker you get to the goal line. So um, yeah, I'm a really big proponent of that. You know, I grew up with six kids and I'm somewhere right in the middle and um, they're all way smarter than I am. Uh, they're all far more educated than I am, and I'm the one that asks the most questions. And like I said in the beginning, I was lucky. My parents were not trying to raise us to be perfect. They were trying to raise us to be the best versions of ourselves. So um, yes, telling your children exactly that, and I have told mine, even though they are completely grown, and I'm actually a grandma now. Um, I, don't I still. It's so amazing. I still tell them on a daily basis, you know, like, what are you doing that is not comfortable? You know, what, what feels, what feels really challenging to you where you just don't want to do it because it's painful, you know, and it really gets people thinking. We had that conversation this morning in our morning meeting. And again, I wish, and I hope that more people, that someone gives them permission to fall and to fail. We don't always need the blue ribbon and the trophy. We need, we need the experience and the, and the journey to realize that that's really not what we're looking for.
1: Gosh, that's so true. Let let me ask you this. Can you remember, was there a specific time or two in your business, whether recently or, you know, dating as far back as day one, where you realized like, Hey, I've, I've got to, I've got to do that. I've got to find like, where am I not being wrong? Where do I think I know everything? Where, I, where do I realize that I need to take a look at and change things. What is there any anything that stands out in your mind?
2: Um I'll give you a for instance that I think changed my entire trajectory as it relates to real estate. And that okay. was in the first couple of years. I think when people are in sales, they are especially in real estate sales I'm referring to, they're they're not fully aware of who their actual uh, shall we call it opponent is. Yes. And when I learned quickly early on that the other real estate agents in my industry were actually on my team and that the consumer was more your opponent, if you will, and I knew that it was my my job, my one job is to be a resource, is to help those That will eventually also help me. So it was knowing that real estate agents and people in real estate like you, you're on my team. You want to make me better for the sake of our for our industry. So realizing and I don't think real estate agents actually get out of real estate school knowing your most important customer is the other agent. That's yeah. how you put deals together, right? These are the people you lean on. You know, um, I don't care what kind of market we're working in because it does not matter to me. Buyers need houses and sellers need to sell houses. So the market is insignificant to Lori Reader or to our company. What matters is our relationships to other real estate entrepreneurs, obviously the consumer, but the consumer, they're going to hire you based on something completely different. So, yes, it was a pivotal moment for me to know that my biggest customer was the other agent.
1: Was there a specific, um, like instance or, 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 or thing that, that kind of maybe turned that light bulb on for you?
2: Yes. Um, the instance was, I was a young agent and I had a real estate client, I had a buyer who was ready to write an offer. And the listing agent said to me, let me help you. And on the trunk of her car, she wrote the contract with me and for me. Wow. Helped me through the entire transaction. And from that moment, I can't tell you how many agents I've done the same for. And why our relationships today, 24 years later, if someone from our company is going to write an offer on your property, you're going to the top of the list. Yeah. And it was very pivotal for me. And I'm a very big pay it forward human. So if not for that person, I don't know if I would have had that experience.
1: That's, um. Gosh, that you know, that's such a great example. And I think that is so true of it's something that we try to talk with our agents about on our team too, is just working with the other agents and building those relationships because number one, you never know when you're gonna need it. Number two, it's I think it's the right thing to do, like you do. And and number three, I think I do think it makes us all better, which makes our industry better. And you know, I'm a firm believer in we're, we're in this together, not, not against each other. So um, that's, that's really cool. Tell me w- what's your business look like today, Lori, because I know I, it's grown so much over the last few years. Give me an idea of maybe uh, agents and staff and and what's your, you know, what your, what's your volume looking like this year or, or transactions. And um, I, I'd like to kind of break down a couple of different parts of that, if you don't mind.
2: Of course. Would you like me just to give you a little bit of uh, insight and then you can can yes. shred.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's do that. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, I'm going to give you approximates and it's going to be very close, uh, but you know, things ebb and flow in terms of agents, et cetera. Absolutely. So, um, today I would say we are about 45 agents that are what I call contributing. So when we consider an agent within our company, uh, we very much see ourselves as, as a sales organization. So if you are not selling, then you're not part of the company. Got so it. when I when I give you agents it means that they are they are actual real estate agents that are selling two houses per month. Right? So that's 45 agents and I would say always around 8 to 10 of them are in the training phase, which means they're in that first 30 days before they start committing to that two properties, two sales per month, helping two consumers per month. Our staff is right around 25 to 28 people. And um, I will tell you that probably around 10 of that 28 are servicing our Zillow offer partnership. And the yes. rest is, is servicing the traditional side of our business. So, right around 20 agents. Um, we are on pace right now to close somewhere around 1,350 to 1,500 sales this year. Wow. Uh, we are having our biggest year ever. Um, when we made the shift, to treat our company like a sales organization, everything changed. And I, you, I throw, I give all that to my leadership staff.
1: What do you mean by that? What do you mean we, we decided to shift it to treat it like a sales organization? Tell me more.
2: So in real estate, and I, I think it's unfair to real estate agents. And I think as things evolve and the, and the, the climate and the environment for real estate changes, I, I think more people will behave in this manner is that Um, As a sales organization, you have metrics that are non-negotiable, right? It's your job. It's what you do. It's what it's your contribution to the company. In the past, maybe we had, you know, 45 agents, 48 agents. We always hover between 40 and 50 agents. That's just right about our model right now. And maybe three quarters of them or half of them were contributing, meaning they were hitting their net metrics. They were selling two properties minimum per month. Now our company is made up of people who only do that. So we changed, we went away from, Hey, you know, it's okay if you sell 15 houses a year or 12 homes a year versus we're treating it like any other sales company that you can choose in America, you know, how they, how, how corporate America would run their sales division.
1: Gotcha. And and so then you said right after that big, um, thanks or, or to to your staff for that. What was there was there a catalyst for making this change?
2: There was. Um so we got really lucky and and Kevin, we've we've really like the our avatar has changed for who is a part of our our company, right? We're hiring people that are coming from sales organizations, not necessarily real estate. And over 90% of them sell two homes within 30 days of being within our company. Wow. So We hired a VP of sales. She started, she she was with us for a year, first built our entire inside sales division, and then was promoted to VP of sales. And she came from corporate America and ran a sales organization. So we've now infiltrated that into our business and we're just treating it differently. We're not just saying, you know, look, we're just a real estate company, we are a sales organization.
1: Gotcha. And I mean, I mean, those are, that, those are really impressive numbers specifically for, for newer agents. Is it, yes. um, does, what would you attribute that to? Is it, is it the expectation? Is it training? Is it the leadership there? Um, with that sales leader, give me some sort of combination. What's your hunch is the, you know, attribution to them coming and being able to come in with no experience and get up to, to two sales a month, basically right away. I mean, that is so impressive. Like-
2: it is really impressive and um, I think it's collaborative and it really starts first and foremost of, you know, being very clear what our goals are as a company, what our vision is and what we see in the future and everyone being on on, tar- on, on task with that. I think a lot of what has helped and continues to help the growth is going through EOS as a leadership, as a leadership squad right? Everybody moving in the same direction at the same time. Um, I attribute the speed at which a person can be productive and start earning money and start helping the consumer with a couple of things. One, we're hiring the right avatar. Okay. We're right. We are now hiring the right person. And I, I honestly, I say for everybody who we hired in the past. You know, some of them are very successful. Some of them, maybe a team wasn't the right environment for them. Our team, in particular, right? Because everyone's got a different groove going. Yes. Um, so, and I say it's the training and the onboarding. I believe the training and the onboarding, when it's powerful, and there's consistency, and you've got the right person, you kind of can't lose. You, 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 you win.
1: Yeah. That's, um. that's, I mean, obviously that's powerful and, and, and super, I mean, gosh, Lori, that, that is really impressive. Right. Was there, I'll,
2: I'll tell you, Kevin, something else is that we really slowed down to go fast. So we very easily could have in 2021 brought on a hundred agents, but being extremely respectful to other human beings and caring deeply about their outcome. We chose to really refine some of our things. We got really clear on things as a leadership, as a company, uh, what our expectations and standards would be, and now we will start to really hire and staff up, and likely in 22 we'll double our sales force.
1: Gosh, that's that. I mean, that is that's really impressive. Since since you mentioned 2022, tell me, let's let me ask you this: What are you anything that really excites you about going into 2022? Because by by the time this airs, this is probably. I'm guessing going to be sometime in very late October, early November. Um, you and I, for for the listener, we're recording this the last week of September. Um, so to me, fourth quarter starts this week, which means first quarter actually starts this week. So yes, it does. Uh, I, I'm in the mindset right now. I have been for the last month or so around thinking about next year. What are you most excited about in 2022?
2: Um, well, personally, as a company, I'm excited because like I said, in 2021, for us, it was really slow down, pull back to go fast in 22, right? It was to refine those systems, to get clear, to go through EOS. There were so many things we're doing. So we believe we'll see all that fruit and we will be able to offer opportunity to many in 2022. As far as the market goes, I'm super pumped for 22. Um, I kind of said in the beginning, which I'm a really big believer, Kevin, I am not that person after 24 years going through multiple markets. I'm not too excited, concerned, or worried about what's going on out there. Right. right. Um, I know that people need homes. People need to sell homes. People want to buy investment property. Um, I think you're going to see loads of people diving into that Airbnb business, which is going to be great for us as real estate agents. We can sell them those properties. And I believe we will see more inventory. I think prices are going to remain fat and healthy, but more to choose from. Yeah, You know, um, I'm excited about it. I think, I don't think the interest rate will stay where it is. I think we're going to see a little bit of a climb. It's likely necessary, um, but I'm excited. You know me, I'm excited all the time. Um, and, you know, for your audience, I get excited when people get less attached to what's going on out there and what they can control, right? What can you control? Who cares what's going on? Like, I- I've never let anything from the outside make, have any bearing or decision on what my outcome was going to be. And that's be, focusing on the activities I can control being, you know, if you've got a database, you better be talking to them, email, video text, text message. You give it a love on your database. And if you don't have a database, start it today.
1: Yeah. It's like planting a tree, right?
2: It's planting a tree. You know, people will say to me, you know, but you know, it's going to take so long. And if I start, you know, a database today, I won't have one until, you know, it's 24 months. And and my question is always, you know, how long are you planning to be in this career? Yes. You know, and most people are like 10 years. I'm like, okay, so 24 months is nothing.
1: Well, in 24 get months, started. is going to go by anyways. <laughs> so get yeah, started. you might, you might as well get on the path to where you want. And, you know, it's yes. such a, um, That's such a losing, not loser, but losing mentality of it's, you know, I'm late or it's late or it's too late. Uh, Because to your point, if you're planning to be in the business five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, two years is nothing. Like you're going to be here anyways, start on it. Even if you feel late to the game, that's okay. You still likely aren't actually late to the game. Um, I remember just personally here. So I've I've been in real estate now, just over 14, the summer marked 14 years. And about two years ago, I totally started my sphere database over. I literally did what I called filing bankruptcy on my sphere sphere of influence. And what I mean by that is I literally opened a new Google sheet. I got my phone book out. I got, I opened up my CRM and I opened up my Facebook page and I just started, I would like write down Lori reader. I wouldn't even fill in the information, John Smith, John Jane Doe, so yeah. on and so forth down the list. And I just used the criteria that I had. And then I went back and filled in the information later. So that way I didn't get it to in my, and I just literally, because my point, my thought process was I'm going to be in this business for a long time. I've been in it for a long time and sold a lot of houses. I've, done this too much to not just have a certain number of deals automatically come to me. And it's just silly if I'm not doing this. And so I did that. um, And here I was 12 years in. And I think so whether you, if you're listening right now and you're thinking what Lori just mentioned, whether you've been in the real estate for a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, doesn't matter. It's not too late. Just start because you do, you're going to need it down the road. No doubt about it.
2: I think what real estate agents no matter where you are in your career you have to figure out that your real only competition is yourself right what are you going to do what 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 is going to happen today that's your day 1 you know um i've been a marketer on bus benches and billboards i've done it for years postcards people call me and they'll ask me you know how long does it take <laughs> And I, you know, I ask them again, it's the same question is, you know, you're here. How long are you going to do this? This is your career start today. I can't even tell you what that looks like two years in. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes six months, but make today day one because you're worth it and you deserve it.
1: Yeah. So, so true. So, so true. So do you still, let me ask you that. Let's, let's dive in on that. Are you still a big, um, print or direct response marketing? Is that still a big part of your strategy?
2: So I am a very big um, bus benches because in South Florida, billboards are a fortune. So I do a lot of bus benches and I do a decent amount of billboard. I'm a radio girl and I'm about to go back on TV. We went really hard with postcards in the first mm, three to six months this year. I've been doing postcards my whole entire career and um, we realized that if we were going to stick with our postcard campaign, we were going to have to like probably start mailing even more and change our message. So yes, we are all about print only with postcards. We will likely pull back on that as we go more into digital coming into twenty two.
1: I like that. I'm, I- I'm
2: not. I'm not so sure. You know, um, I had I, I kind of did a test and just to see really what was going on. And honestly, some people. They don't want to see something in their mailbox. You're killing trees. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot around that. So we will likely pull fully away from all print marketing, and I don't mean street marketing, but print, and go heavier on digital in 22.
1: Interesting. I just I love the fact that you're willing to shift and try things, and I'm constantly again goes back to what we what we started off talking about, right? It's it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to to test things. If you're not okay being wrong, it can be scary, especially with the level of success in which you have had in your career to go, Hey, there's this thing that's really served me well. Like I've done really good. And if I want to grow more, I'm going to have to, I might have to risk being wrong from time to time to be able to be able to do something different or more.
2: Yeah, If we can't monthly as a leadership team, identify at least a half a dozen pivots we had to make because we were going the wrong way, then we are in trouble. So it's more about, you know, let's, let's list them. Where did we have to pivot? What did we have to do differently? You know, again, you know, I, I don't know where a human gets trained on failing, but you know, you and I had a lot of similar training back in the day when we both worked for the same company. And honestly, one of the things I really took from there was I, I wasn't making enough mistakes. Yeah. And now now I'm a hot mess. So look, look what's happened when you're a hot mess.
1: <laughs> you know, that's it's so funny you say that because a lot of people, and gosh, we don't sell anywhere near the number of homes you do in a year. But a lot of people ask me, you know, they just assume everything's perfect because you're selling, I mean, it could just be whatever and compared to where they're at, right? If you're if they're at 20 and you're at a hundred or they're at a hundred yeah. and you're at five hundred or you're at a thousand and they're at five thousand, <laughs> it's really easy to think they got it all together. And the reality yeah. is, is what you just said is. Actually, the faster that bus is going or that train, yep. like the bigger the mess, it really actually is.
2: You got to crash and burn a few times, Kevin.
1: Yeah. I noticed, uh, uh, I know, obviously I know, you know, Ben, but Ben Kenny's a good friend of mine. you know, he's often reminding me that complexity is, you know, making things complex is just, it's just a reason for stalling and, and not moving forward. Yeah. Um, and like um,
2: try telling Ben that everything's going great. He'd look at you and go, well, that's not good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. No, that's, Oh, that, that is so true. And I've seen that as a constant theme with top producers. And I don't just mean that in the sense of like selling most houses, but I mean, living the fullest lives, having the full, the most full business, um, is that they're willing to have some things be messy around them in order to get what, what they're after.
2: Yeah. I, um, early on in my career, I recommend anybody who's interested in this. I read all of Warren Buffett's books. And I got super obsessed with billionaires, right? How, how do they think? What, what, what's different about them or somebody who's making 100000 or 50000 a year? Where, is, where are the differences? And over and over, no matter if it was a podcast, if it was an article, if it was a book, they all fell flat on their faces constantly, constantly messing up. Nothing was ever perfect. If they were comfortable, they knew they weren't growing. So that one piece, if people would allow that to happen and get, be okay with it, they will see growth. Even if they don't want it, it happens organically.
1: Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. Lori, before we wrap up um, and I've got one other, one other final question for you, for anybody who's listening that kind of wants to follow along with what you're doing or on social or what's the best way for people to, to kind of connect with you or follow along?
2: Um, I would say follow my Instagram, which is, you're going to laugh when I tell you this. I think it's either Lori. Yeah, it's Lori Finkelstein Reader. It's just my name.
1: I'll drop it in Uh, there. We'll make sure it goes in the show notes. On
2: Facebook. I think, I feel like I'm everywhere in everyone's face, (laughs) hopefully giving value because that's always my goal.
1: Always. That's always what you're doing. Um, That's that's been my experience of you for sure. Um, It's just
2: Lori Finkelstein Reader. And man, what a mouthful that name is. Holy (laughs) guacamole.
1: We'll link to it for you guys in the, in the show notes. So that way you don't have to remember that or, or type okay, it out yourself. Ahead. What, um, all right, Lori. So if you could paint, if you had a billboard, I'm going to kind of steal and butcher at the same time, a, a question from Tim Ferriss. If you had a, a billboard that everybody was going to see, and you, when I say everyone, I'll let you qualify, whether that's everyone in the real estate industry or just everybody um, that everyone was going to see what's your, what's the message. If you could just get out to literally everyone or, or the masses, um, on a, on a billboard, what would that look like for you?
2: Probably what's on my billboard. It says stronger together.
1: Oh, I love that stronger and I, I actually together. mean that.
2: Yeah. Very intently. You know, we, um, we just redid our, one of our office, our office building and it's just plastered as big as it can be stronger together in bright lights yeah i'm i'm a believer kevin and i think coming through the pandemic a lot of us learned that we were way more connected than what we knew yeah and that we really needed each other we needed each other's energy we needed to lean on one another and i really um it, it was very it, it was a harrowing experience but there was a lot of gold that came out of it you know, I think a lot of us let some of our guards down. Um, I myself leaned on a lot of great people and um, I believe we came through it stronger together. And that is, and was on all of my marketing on my bus benches, my billboards, it's plastered everywhere.
1: Gosh, I love that. What a great message. Um, Lori, thank you for taking the time today.
2: No, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on your podcast. Are you kidding? This is awesome. And you have the best microphone I've ever seen. Uh,
1: this, is, uh, this is a good one. I like this. Um, Adam Contos, who you, who you might know as well too, because oh. you, were, you were at the same event I was when, when I first met Adam. When I was interviewing him, the day uh, we went to record, he had just gotten his exact, this exact microphone. I was like, what yeah. is that? And so he told me and, and I, I got it within the month. And so it's been a, it's been a great uh, microphone for sure.
2: He's amazing. And he's a great friend. I, I actually, I actually also interviewed him. He didn't have this microphone though. So he's going to need to get, if he doesn't have it now, he needs it. <laughs>
1: yeah. He uh, maybe he took it home or, or whatever. Uh, but this it's funny. I laugh because Adam, Love it. when they gave it to me, he's a good dude. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, Lori, thank you very much guys. Go up, follow her, watch, watch what she's doing show up to the events that Lori's is at because as you can, uh, as you figured out, she's always got a ton to give and, uh, is a wealth of knowledge and information and just an awesome person to talk to So Laurie, thank you so much for taking the time
0: out of your, out of your schedule today.
2: Cheers, Kevin. It's a pleasure. Have a great, have a great one, my friend. Take
0: care. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro2exprealty.com.